engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Hello there, it is Eric Erickson here with TheResurgent.com, bringing you the latest on the Mueller investigation. Uh, there's a lot going on with the Mueller investigation. The report has come out. Attorney General William Barr has notified Congress. And I want to kind of give you a, a, a primer, depending on who you are. I say primer on everything you need to know about the Robert Mueller uh, report. Now, what we do know is limited. It is based on a letter from the Attorney General of the United States, William Barr, to the uh, senior Democrat and Republicans on the House and Senate Judiciary Committees. Uh, so Lindsey Graham and Dianne Feinstein and Jerry Nadler and Doug Collins on the House side. Uh, and what he notes is that the Mueller investigation was over 600 days. It was highly thorough and it looked at two different things. One, did the Russians interfere in the American election? And if so, did the Trump administration, Trump campaign collude with them? And two, uh, did the president obstruct justice? Um, what they determined, what the Mueller investigators determined is that, yes, the Russians did interfere in the American election. Now, it's very interesting to see how some people are spinning this. According to the attorney general's letter, and you can go to the resurgent.com. We have a link to the letter there. Uh, according to the attorney general's letter, the special counsel used 19 lawyers, approximately 40 FBI agents, sent out 2,800 subpoenas, had over 500 search warrants, uh, obtained more than 230 orders for communication records, issued 50 orders authorizing PIN registries, made 13 requests to foreign governments for evidence, interviewed more than 500 witnesses. And here's what they determined, um, that yes, there was... Russian interference. In particular, the report outlines, and now I'm reading from the Attorney General's letter, the report outlines the Russian efforts to influence the election and documents crimes committed by persons associated with the Russian government in connection with those efforts. The report further explains that a primary consideration for the special counsel's investigation was whether any Americans, including individuals associated with the Trump campaign, joined the Russian conspiracies to influence the election, which would be a federal crime. Now, again, this is from William Barr's letter summarizing the special counsel's findings. Uh, he writes, the special counsel's investigation did not find that the Trump campaign or anyone associated with it conspired or coordinated with Russia in an effort to influence the 2016 U.S. presidential election. The report states, and now this is a direct quote, not from William Barr, but from Bob Mueller, quote, the investigation did not establish that members of the Trump campaign conspired or coordinated with the Russian government in its election interference activities. Now, more notably, the attorney general states that the special counsel did not find that the Trump campaign or anyone associated with it conspired or coordinated with the Russian government in their efforts to influence the election, despite, in key language here, despite multiple offers from Russian-affiliated individuals to assist the Trump campaign. My guess is that is uh, Natalia Vilznitskaya, who had the meeting in Trump Tower with Donald Trump Jr. Now, if you will recall, much of the media narrative on this is that the, the Trump campaign did collude with the Russians and that it did happen in this meeting in Trump Tower. And it turns out that Donald Trump Jr. turned him down flat. Turns out the president did not do it. So much of the media narrative about Russian collusion has been wrong the entire time. 
And a lot of people got emotionally invested in this. In fact, you got Joy Reid now over at MSNBC suggesting that maybe there's a cover-up. It's only a matter of time before the Democrats suggest there needs to be a special counsel investigation into this. I mean, let me just play you some of this audio. This is from MSNBC. Uh, This is with Joy Reid, and this is discussing the Mueller report report being released. That's the challenge, Malcolm, because the unlike the independent counsel, which that statute was allowed to expire after right. Bill Clinton, which can be a runaway thing of its own, but at least that's controlled by Congress, right? right. In this, which you know it'll leak. If it got to Congress, it comes out that day, right? But the, the fact that, the, that this investigation takes place within the Justice Department, which Donald Trump essentially controls, and that he got rid of the problem, Jeff Sessions, who the one decent thing that he did was just recuse himself, mm-hmm. um, this guy is not recused. It feels like the seeds of a cover-up are here. It feels like the seeds of a cover-up are here. The Democrats have spent a lot of time defending Rod Rosenstein. Uh, Rod Rosenstein, Rod Rosenstein, he says, go either way. Uh, Rod Rosenstein was battered by President Trump, attacked by President Trump's associates. The president wanted to fire him. He's been savaged on Twitter by the president. And Democrats repeatedly defended Rod Rosenstein. Today, they're attacking Rod Rosenstein, questioning his independence from the president. This gets to the second part of the Mueller report. Some key language again here from the Mueller investigators. The special counsel states that in this again, reading from the letter, but this is a direct quote from Mueller, quote, while this report does not conclude that the president committed a crime, it also does not exonerate him. This is about obstruction of justice and the obstruction of justice in particular that they were investigating was whether the president obstructed justice by firing James Comey, the director of the FBI. Now, according to this, and again, I'm going to read from you the letter from the attorney general. After making a thorough factual investigation into the matters related to obstruction of justice, the special counsel considered whether to evaluate the conduct under department standards governing prosecution and declination decisions, but ultimately determined not to make a traditional prosecutorial judgment. The special counsel, therefore, did not draw a conclusion one way or the other as to whether the examined conduct constituted obstruction. Instead, for each of the relevant actions investigated, the report sets out evidence on both sides of the question and leaves unresolved what the special counsel views as the quote-unquote difficult issues of law and fact concerning whether the president's actions and intent could be viewed as obstruction. This is the next paragraph. The special counsel's decision to describe the facts of his obstruction investigation without reaching any legal conclusions leaves it to the attorney general to determine whether the conduct described in the report constitutes crime. Over the course of the investigation, the special counsel's office engaged in discussions with certain department officials regarding many of the legal and factual matters at issue in the special counsel's obstruction investigation. After reviewing the special counsel's final report on these issues, consulting with department officials, including the Office of Legal Counsel, and applying the principles of federal prosecution that guide our charging decisions. Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein and I have concluded that the evidence developed during the special counsel's investigation is not sufficient to establish that the president committed an obstruction of justice offense. Our determination, here's again key language, our determination was made without regard to and is not based on the constitutional considerations that surround the indictment and criminal prosecution of the sitting president. Let me address that last part first, that they didn't even consider whether or not you could constitutionally indict the president. Where This comes from old English law that the chief executive executive power flows from the chief executive. You hear the idea of the unitary executive in American jurisprudence. Um, All executive power flows from the president. 
And because all power flows from the president, that power cannot then turn back against the president. So if you have a prosecutor, the prosecutor is acting on behalf of the executive. The executive's power is to prosecute. The executive gives that power to a prosecutor who then prosecutes others. So that prosecutor can't prosecute the president because it would essentially amount to the president prosecuting himself, which can't happen in the same way a king cannot prosecute a king. So you can't prosecute a sitting president under uh, common law and under the, uh, our American judicial or, or constitutional framework because you technically do have a unitary executive. All the prosecutors are, are delegates of the president's power. So if that's the situation, they can't do it. But according to Attorney General Barr, they never even looked at that. They never even got to that point. What they determined is they looked at the special prosecutor's, special counsel's final report, and they consulted and used the principles, I'm reading again, principles of federal prosecution that guide charging decisions. And they concluded that the evidence developed is not sufficient to establish the president committed an obstruction of justice events. Now, he doesn't tell us why. Although he did note, and let me read you this, this is a key thing here. We noted that special counsel recognized that, quote, the evidence does not establish that the president was involved in an underlying crime related to the Russian election interference. And that while not determinative, the absence of such evidence bears upon the president's intent with respect to obstruction. Generally speaking, to obtain and sustain an obstruction conviction, the government would need to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that a person acting with corrupt intent engaged in instruction of justice with a sufficient nexus to opinion or contemplated proceeding. Now, what does this mean? It means that there was no crime. So the president can't be obstructing justice by firing the FBI director to stop an investigation when there was no crime to begin with. On top of that, on top of that, you have to remember that under our constitutional framework, the president can fire an attorney general for cause or for no cause at all at any time. It is his prerogative. So between the fact that there is no underlying crime, according to Bob Mueller, and the fact that the president can fire anyone at any time in the executive branch, whether or not there's cause, well, then it makes it very hard to say that there's a case against the president of the United States if you determine that there was no underlying crime. What was he obstructing justice on? What investigation, what crime was he trying to stop from being uncovered if there was no crime? That's why they got where they got. So... Now we're left with this. The Democrats are hanging their hat on this language from the report that the special counsel states that the report does not conclude the president committed a crime. It also does not exonerate him. But the attorney general is saying, but the underlying crime was no crime at all. And therefore, under our standards for anyone else, we couldn't prosecute them. So we can't prosecute the president since there was no underlying crime. The Democrats have become emotionally invested in this issue, though. I want to play you some audio. This was put together by Grabian. Uh, Grabian is a news service. A lot of people in talk radio use and, and others use their videos and whatnot. Uh, they put this together of Democrats on TV becoming emotionally invested in this and, frankly, the media allowing the Democrats to be invested in this. My takeaway is there's a very real prospect that uh, that he may be the first president uh, in quite some time to face the real prospect of jail time. Do you agree with Congressman Adam Schiff, who is going to be the chairman of the House Intelligence Committee, that President Trump could be uh, indicted and possibly face jail time after he leaves office? Yes. 
If we do the investigations, the information is there. We're fiddling while Rome is burning. This president needs to be impeached. I wouldn't be surprised after all of this is said and done that some people end up in jail. You know, and I think they're shocked that the noose is tightening and that people might go to jail. You're exactly right. For the that rest of their lives. No, I think they're all going to jail. Sean Hannity is obsessed with me. And I wrote to him, I said, I don't know if you're going to do very well in jail. But you think some people are going to wind up in jail, not just one individual, but people, plural. Is that what you're saying? That's my impression, yes. It's not out of the question that a uh, Senate could convict on impeachment hmm. charges. He has no idea that right. he's going down. It certainly looks uh, like they are the kind of offenses uh, that would call for impeachment hearings. Absolutely, I think he can be looked at and perhaps even charged with obstruction of justice. But at this point, uh, you're confident that at least some Trump associates will wind up in jail. If I was betting, I would say yes. Do you think at the end of the day, if Trump chooses the country over his own family, is that a good thing? Yeah. Or would you rather him vice versa? Well, I think they're all going to end up together in prison. And maybe that's a good thing. Oh, my thing. God. Oh, my goodness gracious. There you go. They become emotionally invested in this. I, I, I do have to wonder, in all seriousness, will the media hold the Democrats to account? Because they've allowed Democrats to go on TV for two years now and say that the president coordinated and stole the election with the Russians. Richard Blumenthal on uh, October 17th last year Quote, the evidence is pretty clear that there was collusion between the Trump campaign and the Russians. Adam Schiff in December of 2017 on the Situation Room with Wolf Blitzer. Look, there's clear evidence of an attempt to collude. Rod Wyden, Senator from Oregon with Wolf Blitzer in December 2017. I think there was clearly an intent to collude. Adam Schiff again, uh, August of last year on CBS This Morning. I think there's plenty of evidence of collusion. Tom Perez, the chair of the DNC on The Five on Fox News in April of 2018, quote, over the course of the last year, we have seen, I think, a mountain of evidence of collusion between the campaign and the Russians. Uh, Congressman Eric Swalwell on Wolf, Wolf Blitzer last year, we saw strong evidence of collusion. I think that's clear collusion. What does he mean? We saw strong evidence of collusion. That was in, in the House investigation. They claimed there was strong evidence. Uh, Jerry Nadler, the now chairman of the House Judiciary Committee, said in uh, October of 2017 on MSNBC, we know there was collusion with people in the campaign with Russians. And then he went on CNN around the same time. In fact, it was the same day he went on CNN and said there was obviously a lot of collusion. Well, now we know that's not true. We, we know none of that is true. So my question is, are, are members of the media going to hold Democrats to account on this? Because they went on television, these people, based on their hearings behind closed doors, intelligence and judiciary committee hearings, and they went on TV and said, yeah, we know there's evidence of collusion based on what we're hearing behind closed doors. The Mueller investigators found there was no collusion. So the media allowed these people to go on TV and lie to the American public. That's what they did. They lied to the American public. So the question is, will the media now hold them to account? I think that's going to be a big story over the next few days. By the way, there's another one, and I mentioned this briefly earlier, a dog, the dog that did not bark. And this is pretty significant. In fringe corners of the West, and, and what we're finding now more and more is that a lot of people actually were on the fringe and we didn't know it, but in fringe corners of the left, 
they were convinced the Russians had hacked American voting machines. They didn't. That's not in the report. The Mueller investigators looked at this. There's no evidence at all that the Russians actually hacked voting machines. The Russians did not hack the vote. The Russians did not add votes to Donald Trump's total. They did not subtract votes from Hillary Clinton. They didn't do any of that. Uh, no votes were changed because of the Russians. And that's a pretty big deal based on accusations from the Democrats over time. That's a really big deal. And it calls into question a lot of Democratic efforts to, to undermine faith in the American electoral process. And American voting machines. In fact, in Georgia, where I am, there's a big issue over voting machines. And Democrats have been saying for a long time now that the Russians could steal the votes, that the Russians hacked the election, that these were subject hacking. There's no evidence that happened in 2016. It completely undermines Democrat arguments. And I think that's a big deal. Now, that's your overview of the Mueller investigation. Just in summary, uh, they're not going to charge the president with uh, obstruction over firing James Comey because there is no underlying crime and the president can hire and fire at will in that lower fire at will. He can't hire at will, but he can fire at will. But two, the bigger point is no collusion with the Russians. In fact, the Russians offered it. The Trump team declined. Um, Big, big, big undermining of Democratic talking points over the last several years, given their claims of, of Donald Trump Jr. working with uh, Natalia Vilsinskaya, etc. Um, but it is worth pointing out here at the end of this, it is worth pointing out that a number of people have gone to jail, have pled guilty, are being prosecuted, all of them for lying by and large. One of the morals of the story here is you do not lie to the special counsel. You do not lie to the special counsel. The special counsel is sending people to jail, not because they colluded with the Russians, but because they lied about what the campaign was doing. And it turns out they weren't doing anything illegal to begin with. They just wanted to lie. And that's a problem. That's a real problem. The president surrounded himself with C and D team figures. All of the A and the B team figures, they were working for other candidates. They didn't want to have anything to do with the president. So the president went into the campaign with C and D team figures, unethical grifters from the conservative movement no one else wanted anything to do with. And they thought they would make a buck off Donald Trump. And they wound up causing Donald Trump problems and themselves, many of them, going to jail. And that's actually not a bad thing. We need more grifters to go to jail, more people trying to take advantage of the president going to jail. Uh, that should be the moral of the story here, among many, many others. Another one, don't believe anything you hear on TV. I do hope the media will hold themselves and their pundits and their friends and their analysts and, and the Democratic talking heads accountable for what they have said over the last few years on TV. All right, folks, I'm Eric Erickson. I will be back live 4 to 6 p.m. on Monday on WSB Radio. You'll be able to get the next podcast then after that. In the meantime, you can go to theresurgent.com every day.